Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Jason Coleman, and you are listening to Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Things That Make You Go, Hmm, I am your one-man book club, Jason Coleman. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm not, I think I'm on schedule, but I'm not sure. I might have missed a day or it might be a couple days off. So I do apologize, but I still feel like I've been really good at getting you guys your podcasts um, in a timely manner. So... Um, yeah, so we got another book that we're going to be discussing this week. And again, if you're new to the podcast, I wouldn't necessarily say that when I'm reviewing books, and my book, the books that I tend to review are almost exclusively nonfiction, self-help, politics, psychology, economics, those kind of things, written more for the popular culture crowd, I suppose. And I, I don't necessarily say whether a book is good or bad I, ne- I because I, I think those things are hard to quantify. What I'm trying to do is I just read a book and then I give you what I might have gotten out of the book, what the gist of the book is. And then if you feel like it's something that you may want to read, then, you know, I encourage you to do so. So today's book is going to be The Motivation Myth, How High Achievers Really Set Themselves Up to Win by Jeff Hayden. And I didn't know, I don't know anything about this guy. I had heard that, well, he had said in his book that he had written, He's has a blog post uh, and I suppose a lot of people, he has a lot of followers in this blog post and he's written a lot about how to... Um, Basically, just how to get things accomplished. Uh, your your very your your typical self help kind of situation. So I I've always been interested in those kind of things because I I would like to get a little bit more done with my life as well. And I've read a lot of these books before, so I wasn't really expecting any groundbreaking information, and there there probably wasn't any. So when I was reading the book, um, it's just mo- it's it's a, if you've read any sort of books about, you know, get yourself off the couch, get yourself motivated, uh, you know, make some list out some goals, work towards them every day. It's it's kind of in that same sort of spirit, I suppose. But there were a few interesting things that that I'll get into. I would say that the most valuable thing that I got out of this book personally was the fact that people very often will focus on when it comes to trying to be successful, what they really focus on are results. And somebody who, and if you don't know this about me, I am a middle public school, middle school, English and history and drama teacher. So I know all of, I've been doing this for nearly 20 years. And so I am very, very aware of the need on for both school districts, for parents, for my supervisors, everybody wants results and we want them yesterday. <laughs> and so we're always looking for some new program, preferably one that doesn't cost much money, uh, to help get us these results. I mean, can we just make some alterations in our behavior? Can we change something around? Can we fall in love with something 
and get those those tasty results that we want so bad? And at least from what I gleaned from reading the book, the answer to that from the author is no, you can't. That success for just about anything, I mean, in terms, if you're measuring in terms of athletic gains, financial accumulation, um, improving relationships with people, you, you got to focus on, he says, instead of trying to focus on the results, you really need to focus on the process. Now, this is something I can definitely apply to my own personal life because one of my hobbies, and I have a few different ones, but one of my hobbies that I have is I paint little figurines, okay? I know if you've you've been following me for a while, you're familiar with this about me. Um, And when I paint my figurines, there is, I didn't know this when I started, I've been doing this for six or seven years now, but... When I first got into the hobby, I and I started, you know, watching YouTube videos, and I learned that there was this whole community of uh, what they call themselves modelers, who have been putting together figures and dioramas and stuff like that for for decades. And some of the work that they have, you know, really belongs in a museum. I mean, it is absolutely exquisite. And I'm I actually take less. I mean, I got really into it. I actually take lessons now. Um from an instructor, from a, an artist that I know in Missouri. And we talk sometimes and he was just telling me that, you know, it's very, it can get very frustrating if you just want the end results right now. You know, if you, if you're focused on what your artwork is looking like at the, at the end of, of a few hours of, of work, you're going to be frustrated. And he says, and I think this is what the author really wants you to do is, so instead of me saying, okay, can I, why don't I just have this beautiful figure that matches up with what I'm seeing in my mind's eye? I just say to myself, you know what? Just focus on getting that those practice hours in. Focus on being deliberate. Focus on waking up at a certain hour, making sure that you have uninterrupted practice from this time to this time. Make sure that you um, are completely in the moment. You're not trying to multitask. You're not being distracted. You know, start with that for a few weeks. Once you've gotten yourself on your routine, start trying to accomplish some smaller goals. List which goals you want to accomplish. As you begin to check them off the list, you can begin to create more goals. And so I... I think that that, I I don't think that that is necessarily news to anybody. You know, that's probably how most people are going about trying to improve their situation. But what I do think is unique about this approach is that we're not even going to think about the results. We're just going to focus on the process. What is the process looking like? And as I've said before, when when it comes to reading any of these books, if I'm not personally getting something out of it, then I don't really know why I was reading it to begin with. And, and that is kind of one thing I do think I will take away from this book is not so is not to focus so much on what might happen when this is all said and done, is to just focus much more on my routines. If I can get my routines down, if I can put the work in, um, maybe the results will come, maybe they won't. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's uh, it, it reminds me of my wife, who also reads a lot of these type of books, and she was reading this book, by uh, Annie Duke, I, I, who is the professional female uh, poker player. And and she says that, you know, and it, well, actually, if you read the book by Nassim Tlaib, the Black Swan, he talks a lot about this too, is that we don't have complete control over what the future is going to look like. There's a lot of, there's a lot of unknown factors um, that could result in you being very successful or not achieving the kind of success that you want. And nothing is guaranteed. But 
the only thing you can really do in life is to try to, as Annie Duke would say, as the as a professional no limit Texas Hold'em player, is get your money into the pot when you feel like you have the best odds of winning. And I, I think to make sure that you have the best odds of quote unquote winning is to just make sure, okay, did you get the practice in? Did you make the connections? Did you um you know, did you make sure that you were using your deliberate practice? And then you you kind of have to let the chips fall where they may. I I don't know. Um, it it kind of reminds me. I remember I was watching the Olympics. I want to say uh, it was the year that was it two thousand. It was the year that the female, the USA female gymnastics team won the gold medal, and the female who had won the all around, uh, I guess the most the most prestigious medal of all. I think her name was something Alex Reiser or no Ali Ali Reisman I think was her name if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know why I'm thinking about this but there right after she did this very beautiful floor routine in the gymnastics she goes up to her coach and she said, "What did you think of my she said she's no no this is what she said. She said, "Did I win the do, do you think we won?" And what the coach said is well, I think very revealing. He said that was the best I have ever seen you do that routine. It doesn't matter. And and I think that's I I know I know we want results. We 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 you know, we want to get that raise. We want to we want people to subscribe to our channels. We want people to, you know, to love us and call us and invite us to th- I I get it. I understand. I do too. But that's really that's really a lot of a lot of times it's kind of out of our control. We don't like that. You know, I know that's how stress is brought on, but that is the truth is that we have to let that go and we have to just focus on the process. And so that's certainly the biggest, I think, most valuable part of um, of of what I got from the book. And the author has this chapter where he talks about how people who have been really successful very often after they have accomplished something so great they almost aren't even aware of what they of what they did you know um and he talks about well i think i think a good example of this is if you watch the movie uh free solo about alex honnold the uh you know i i want to say the partially ro- you know the partial cyborg uh w- you know wall crawler i think what he does is um you know quite <laughs> quite literally uh, out of this world um but anyway, so if you watch the the documentary Free Solo or just watch some clips on YouTube, what he did was he, without using ropes or any other sort of equipment, he climbed the wall of Yosemite. And that's usually a climb that takes climbers with ropes and gear. It takes them two to three days usually to do it. They have to sleep. They camp out on their way there. They take breaks along the rocks. Okay. And he accomplished this in about four hours. No one has, has ever done this. Everybody thought he was crazy and he'd almost certainly fall to his death from doing this. But here's what I thought, and I, and I want to connect it back to what I'm talking about. When he finally got to the top of El Capitan, of, of the wall, I mean, it was, he had been studying this wall for four straight years. He'd been climbing it relentlessly until he was finally able to do it without a rope, without killing himself. Um, and when he finally got there, he immediately called, you know, he after high-fiving the camera crew and hugging and celebrating and calling his girlfriend and maybe about I would say five ten minutes after that uh his at his buddy asks him he says 
So uh, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? And I think 99.9% of the population would have just said, you know, go to sleep, go, go, you know, go out to dinner with friends and family, um, go make some posts on Twitter. I, I don't know. But Alex says, oh, I'm going to hike back to my van and probably do some chin-ups and maybe a little bit of yoga. It like So something that he had been working for all of this time, just like that, like right after the exhilaration was over, it was right back to the grind. Um, and so I, I, I think that that's a great example of just getting so immersed, you know, something like Michele Chizekni High would say, like you're getting so, you know, into the flow of what it is that you're trying to accomplish that you're not really aware of the time passing you're you're not even necessarily thinking about the results you're only concerned about doing the best that you can and your small improvements that you are making along the way um okay switching gears a little bit another thing that the author talks about that i think is valuable and there is and this i think is a point of dissension among certain people in the the self-help club is he says that you should try to diversify what you're accomplishing in life, that you should be trying to look for different sources of, of revenue, of, of uh, novelty, of stimulation. So, for example, the author, uh, I, I think, is pretty interesting. In addition to you know, having a very successful blog post, uh, he's also a professional writer. He's also a ghost writer. He, he writes books for other people. Um, he says he's also an amateur photographer and he does five to ten weddings a year. He's a public speaker and he seems to be a pretty accomplished and uh, semi-competitive, uh, semi-professional cyclist who's done, you know, some crazy trail rides, in- including one called the Great Fondue or Fondo or excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that. But it's basically like a marathon that where you have to, you know, bike over mountains and through really rough terrain and stuff like that. Now, I, I think the reason why this whole concept of diversifying yourself is so controversial is because some people say exactly the opposite, that it's much better to just become ultra-focused at one thing so that you are so good at it that people are going to, you know, require your services. They're going to need you. And I, I do think that there's something to be said for that, but it's very tricky because we do live in an ever-changing, ever-evolving world. And so when you become really skilled at one thing, there may not necessarily be that demand for that thing in the future. I mean, I, I'm i not really sure. I mean, it you know, time time will definitely tell. I'm not sure I, I completely agree with that, but for, for myself, I think why diversifying is important is because I tend to get very bored and bored fairly quickly. So if I'm just constantly reading and making podcasts and that's all I'm doing, I'm probably going to get better at it. I probably won't make the same mistakes. I won't trip over my words like I tend to do on my podcast sometimes. Um, I'd probably be able to get a lot more content out to you, but I don't. I'm not sure how much I would love it. I'm not sure how you know how motivated I would be to want to keep doing it. So I have other hobbies, you know, like I mentioned before, I figure paint, um, I would go scuba diving when, you know, before this whole pandemic broke out. Um, I also have been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for about 13 years. Um, in addition to that, I have a group of friends, we play board games, so I, I'm, I'm definitely diversified in, in my interests and my hobbies. 
So uh, for me, at least, it keeps my life interesting. Um, I'm not sure if it's necessarily the best path in terms of if my only goal was to be, you know, financially more secure. I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, but but at least for me, you know, it it keeps me, you know, motivated. It keeps me from burning out to just have a few different things that I'm indulging myself in. I know that Tim Ferriss, who's very popular in the self-help community, and he's written lots of books on self-help and improvement and stuff like that. He talks a lot about um, keeping yourself motivated through novelty and constantly exploring new pathways of learning and stimulus and, and stuff like that. And then he gives, the author gives some advice um, towards the end of the book on just some practical things that you can do while you're trying to improve your craft. He says to take breaks at unusual times. Um, I thought this was interesting. Like one of the things, well, what most people do is, uh, you know, like they're working on something and then they get to a point where they they come up with some great idea. They feel very uh, into it. And our natural reaction is to just keep going with it. You know, don't let, you know, the pen is on fire. Keep writing, keep building, uh, keep analyzing, whatever the case is. But he says, actually, you shouldn't do that. He said, you know, after you've been working for a while, once you come to uh, a point where you you feel like you're hitting an energy spike of some sort or you just came to like a new idea, you should actually stop right there because that will give you extra motivation to want to get back into continue working on on something like that. So I, I think that that's very useful for me as a figure painter. Um, sometimes when my painting is starting to really come together and I just want to finish it before dinner comes, Maybe it's better like while I'm, I'm, I'm really liking what I'm doing to just stop right there and do something else, switch figures, do something um, because next time I come back to it, I'll have some motivation because I'll, I won't have to come up with a new game plan right there on the spot. I'll, I'll already be able to pick up exactly where I was uh, working, working from. Another thing the author talks about, which I am definitely a large believer in, is getting off to a great start with your mornings. I've been trying to wake up earlier and earlier and earlier, and, and I have setbacks. I kind of go back and forth. I, I think if you average it out, I probably get up around 6 a.m. Um, I've been trying to get myself up closer to 5 a.m., though, because um, I don't think there's any argue. I know some people are morning people, some pe- are night people, but generally speaking, anatomically speaking, we have the most energy we're going to have shortly after we wake up. And so I love being able to use that time to work on things that are difficult to get my exercise in because I know as the day goes on and my energy levels decrease, my motivation levels decrease, it's the same thing with me as a teacher. You know, I notice that after the students come back to class after lunchtime, it's very difficult to get them refocused, to get them motivated. It's, um, they've already been, they're already have been at school for six hours. Some of them have activities in the morning. So they're, they're pretty fatigued by that point in time. So that is absolutely something I try to, uh, you know, ascribe to is getting up early in the mornings, getting yourself off to that great start. Even if you don't really get everything accomplished that you wanted to get accomplished throughout the day, um, you can look back on your morning and you'd, you'd actually be surprised at how much you got done just because you got off to a great start. With that being said, um, this morning I actually did a five mile hike uh, in this little mountainous area. Uh, close to my house and so I came back I had some lunch I took a little nap and now I'm working on my podcast but you know I'm not sure if I'm going to get everything done today that I wanted to get done but I'm not going to have any regrets because I'm going to reflect back back on having you know this great morning and 
working on my podcast. And so, you know, regardless as to what else I get done today, um, I can go to bed confident that it was productive for me. And the final thing that we're going to talk about is the author talks about how most people really don't need a coach not if they're trying to get to a high level of success. He says, "What you, you don't need a coach. What you need is a pro. And he said, find somebody who has accomplished what you want to accomplish. Figure out what their work ethic was like. Figure out what their routines were. See if, you, if they can mentor you. If they can't, it's okay. All you need to know is what was their mindset? What was their mind frame? What was needs a coach? I personally feel like I do need a coach because... It's very difficult for me to motivate myself uh, to do things like working out. I don't particularly like exercising. So having that coach to give me the positive reinforcement, to design my schedule, to play some music. Um, I, I tend to do these group workouts with other people. is just so much more helpful for me. I, I would not work out that way otherwise if it wasn't for me. But, you know, at the same time, I, I'm also acutely aware of the fact that I'm probably not going to be competing in the CrossFit games. I'm probably not going to have 10% body fat. <laughs> okay, those things just aren't going to happen. If I if I wanted to get to that level, then I would have to look at people, I don't know, like Shanti or some of these YouTube personalities who have like these amazing physiques and I'd have to really dedicate my life to doing that. I'd have to really restructure my diet. I'd have to, you know, um, put some serious thought into going about my workout routines and my sleep schedule and and stuff like that. So it's it really just depends on what it is that you are trying to accomplish. I don't think that everybody can compete at a high level at everything. I think it's okay to be okay at certain at certain things, especially if you are in a position in your life where you're relatively happy with your job and your your family and your friends situation and you're just looking for some mental stimulus, maybe some side money. I don't know. Um I, I know the author would probably disagree with me and, and tell me that I'm just setting people up for failure because I'm I'm trying to sell them this idea that they don't have to put, you know, 150% effort at something and they'll, they'll still be successful. But I guess I would just say, well, it really depends on what you define as being successful. For me, you know, my definition of success might be different than his. But at the end of the day, I think what we would agree on is that the most important thing is not what happens with the end results. The most important thing is focusing on the process at hand. The results will come. Um, we can't focus on that. We have to focus on what we're doing in order to get to the results. Okay. Well, I think that is about all for now. Again, thank you so much uh, for making it all the way to the end of the episode. It's always so validating for me that people are interested in listening to my speech uh, about these books from beginning to end. Uh, if it's not too much trouble for you, if you could write a nice review for me on iTunes or on Stitcher or now on Amazon Music, that would be really great. Um, just because having good reviews, it it extends the algorithm. It um, it attracts more of an audience for me, and it, it's just it's just more validating for me. So if you could, if you enjoy the content and you 
you know, you have a few extra minutes, I would really appreciate it. Okay, well, that is all for now. I will be back in a few weeks to review uh, a new book. I'm not sure yet, but um, until then, if you are interested, then again, I, I would suggest you read The Motivation Myth, How High Achievers Really Set Themselves Up to Win. And with that, I will let you go. Uh, have fun, happy reading, and we'll talk real soon.